There's nothing beautiful about perfection. It's the flaws that give character, that give true beauty. It's your girl Skylar Resta and welcome back to Stories Retold, y'all. Welcome back to Stories Retold, where we tell amazing stories. It's your girl Skylar Resta and today's amazing story is Escape to Eden by Rachel McClellan. This was recommended by a coworker of mine. She stopped me and she's like, Skylar, I gotta tell you about this book. And she told me about the first chapter. And I said, so where do I get it? How do I become a part of this conversation? And um, it was so good, I had to read it. Well, I didn't read it. I listened to the audiobook because I love a good audiobook. It just sucks you in and I just, yeah. I was going about my day, listening to it in my AirPods and going like, oh. She said, what now? Ah! I'll be tripping over a good audiobook. Like, if you're not in the audiobooks, at least go try it out. Try one out, but make it a good one. And this is probably the one you want to try out, okay? But we love a good audiobook. Plus, this is a dystopian book, and it's one of my favorite genres, because I feel like I have to prepare myself with robots, war, and global warming. The world's gonna end one of these ways, right? So I gotta read up and get prepared. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's gonna be a virus. <laughs> Don't hit me no mind. Don't hit me no mind, y'all. Lastly, it is a three-part trilogy. So even when we're done, we're not done, and I love that because I keep to I get to keep rereading my favorite characters, and I get to see what happens next, how the story goes. Like, we get to prolong the beautifulness of the story. And I love a good series, I love it. But I'm gonna shut up. Y'all go grab your snacks, grab your tea, and grab your bestie because here we go. Today's summary comes from Goodreads. In the future, mankind has learned how to manipulate their DNA, harnessing only the good genes like intelligence, strength, and height. They call this prime DNA, and humans rushed to get these new pDNA inject injections, which gave them superhuman-like qualities. Centuries later, however, their DNA became so engineered that humans rarely lived past the age of 30, thanks to a new deadly disease called the KISS. The only cure is to receive an injection of O-DNA, DNA from an original human that hasn't been genetically altered. Problem is, there aren't many originals left. When a 17-year-old, they say her name, but I'm gonna take it out because it just helps with the story. We're gonna call her main character for this second. When a 17-year-old wakes up in a hospital with no memories, her only clue are the words, run now, written on her hand. With a deadly disease threatening to wipe out mankind, she must find out who she is and why most people would kill to get their hands on her before it's too late. So here we go. We hop right into the story with our main character waking up in this all white medical-like room. She has no idea what's going on. She just knows that she's sore. She's physically sore. She doesn't know what happened. In walks Ebony Branson, who is the chief tech head at the Institute of Human Re Research and Development. Uh, they just call it the Institute. They try to say, oh, it's um, IHRD, which is like, 
it's the, we, they, we, they, they just call it the Institute because letters, <laughs> who does letters right, you know? And so Ebony Branson comes to check in on this main character and she is uh, uniquely formed. So she has a very big forehead and not like a normal, oh my gosh, I have a five head. No, like she has a abnormally large forehead, but she's still kind of beautiful in in this thing. And um, Ebony really likes her forehead because that means she's very smart. I, I've, I've heard people tell kids who are younger and get teased for their big foreheads, it just means you're really smart. She was genetic, but Ebony was genetically altered to have a big forehead to make her extremely smart that's actually genetic thing so this is that different kind of forehead our main character has really killer instincts we don't know where she got this from but she has really killer instincts and her instincts tell her to be nice to ebony even though she feels she's not a good person ebony tells our main character that she is an original someone who is weak ugly unremarkable and a reminder of what mankind used to be because you know now mankind is perfect they've perfected their dna everyone is perfect but originals are not perfect because they're flawed and they're slower and they can get hurt and all these things you know the things that make us human so now now ebony shows her um a window and she asks do you know this little boy and the main character's like, no, I've, I don't know this. <laughs> Sorry to this man. Do you know this little boy? Poo. Sorry to this man. I don't, he could be walking down the street. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I couldn't let the opportunity pass me by, you know? I had to use it. It was an opportunity. I had to use it. Ah. So the little boy points to the main character's hand. She looks at her right hand and it says, now. She didn't get it till she looked at her other hand and it said, run. So her hand said, run now. We are all confused because we don't know who wrote this on her hand. We don't know what happened, but somebody is telling her to run. So out of instinct, uh, the main character asks Ebony for pudding which comes with like the little rectangle spoon thing. They had plastic. I remember when I was at elementary school, we had the little wooden ones and when those broke, yeah, we not gonna touch them no more because it's splinters, splinters. But she has the plastic one, she's safe from splinters and she uses them and cleverly makes like two shards. And then she fakes a seizure. So somebody else comes running in like, oh snap, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? The main character stabs the girl in her back, but her lower back so just so um, it would temporarily paralyze her. I don't know what kind of self-defense class this girl took to know that if I just stab her right there in her back, she'll be she won't like die. She won't be permanently disfigured. No, this is temporary paralyzation she took some mighty defense uh self-defense classes and i personally want to sign up so of course the alarm goes off the original broke out of her cell container we don't know what's going on but uh the main character sees the other staff 
And these are really odd looking people with big foreheads, glowing eyes. Some are tall as tree trunks. It, okay, we know ain't nobody, ain't a lot of us in this world. We figured that out. But she is dodging and blocking these folks like a ninja. I don't know who this girl is, but she's killing the game. We are very proud of her. We are proud of her. So as she's running towards the door, the little boy that she saw earlier makes a noise. And her instincts tell her to keep running. But her mind is like, I gotta go back and get him. So she goes back and tries to pull him along and he falls. So she takes him and picks him up and he like wraps his hands around her neck and wraps his legs around her waist like he's done this before. And it feels natural to both of them. So maybe they do know each other? I don't know. So they get onto the rooftop and they're like, okay, we have to hide. But there's not a lot of places to hide on a rooftop, you know? So she places the little boy in like this container thing and she's like, can you wait here until it's safe for me to come back and get you? He said, yeah, I got you. Well, he didn't say it. He didn't really talk. He didn't say it, but he's like, he nodded his head, yes. So she puts him in the thing, closes him up. Now she has to find somewhere to hide and there's really nowhere else to hide. So what she does is she hides under a walkway between like this rooftop and this one. She hides underneath it, holding on to like wires and cords. And she's about 80, stories above the ground that's scary my only advice for you sis don't look down don't look down so unfortunately the institute found the boy and as much as our main character wanted to get up and just chase after them and get the little boy back she couldn't she's like i'm gonna have to just come back for him later because if i get kidnapped too well if i get taken again too there's no hope for either one of us. So hours go by and she finally gets from under the walkway and she has open sores on her hands. Like that's how long and how hard she was holding on. Ow, ooh, ow, ow, that hurts. So she goes into the neighboring building that the walkway was connecting to and she's trying to figure out where she is, what's going on, because she has no memory. She has no memory of what's going on. Did I mention she has no memory? She has no memory. She don't know who she is, what's going on, nothing. She runs into this guy and he has glowing eyes. Those who have glowing eyes, but look like us, have powers. That's what we figured out. You have different color, glowing eyes. You have been genetically mutated. So this guy she runs into has glowing eyes. My first thought is this is gonna be the shortest book of my life because they're they just got her again I don't know how she's gonna break out of that thing twice but this guy is different the man she got caught by his name was Anthony and Anthony wanted to help her he wanted to help her get out so apparently he's a he put her in his office because she walked into some kind of office building and apparently he's a manager or something because he got everybody to go home early with no suspicion Okay, thank you, Anthony. Thank you, I guess. Because at this point, I'm still kind of hesitant. I don't really know what's going on. Once he clears the building and everything's safe, he gives her some kind of stuff to help her hands. Thank you so much because, ah, that would have hurt. And then she tells him her story so far and he's intrigued and answers what he can. 
tells her that she's in Boston and she has escaped an impossible situation, especially with her having no special abilities against everyone else who has special abilities. You did something that is, in the most case, impossible to do. So congratulations to you. From what he can tell, she has been heavily trained by somebody who knows the Institute and knows the different races of PDNA or prime people. Uh, then he gives us a little history lesson so we can actually learn what in the world happened here. Almost two centuries ago, the world was perfect and at peace. Like seriously perfect. Like everybody was happy, no world hunger, no poverty, everybody was good. Everybody was good. Uh, but humans were bored with nothing to do or solve. So they searched for a way to make humans perfect. Huh. Okay. 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 That, you know what? You know what's crazy about that? That doesn't shock me at all. That does not shock me. Humans were bored with nothing to do, no wars to fight, no, no problems to solve. They just couldn't live in their utopia. They had to go mess some stuff up. They had to go make their own problems to solve. What else can we fix? Oh, I know, people. Let's go fix people. Not that they're sick or anything, but let's go fix their DNA because this person is short and this person is fat and this person is ugly. So let's go ahead and fix their DNA so we can just rid all this out of society so we can be a true utopia. That sounds so much like humans. It don't make no sense. So. That was when the Institute was founded um, to experiment with DNA to eliminate bad genes. Humans are stupid. Humans, because I can really believe humans would do some stupid stuff like that. It's ridiculous. They started on babies, giving, uh, I guess, certain babies or just the, the experimental group. They gave the experimental group of babies smart genes. Um, and they call this new DNA prime DNA or PDNA. They look for other genes to do it with, like the pretty gene, the fast gene. And then rich people pay big money to have their kids get the best prime DNA genes. And like anything, it got dark real quick. It hit the black market. It hit the black market. People started bringing animal DNA. Why y'all we gotta bring animal DNA to stuff? Leave the animals alone. The animals are minding their own animal business. And people are like, let's go ahead and just bring animals into the mix, you know? I don't know why they said that the world was perfect, because we can never be perfect. This world can never be perfect, perfect. There, there grew a divide between people who had PDNA and people who didn't. Uh, to make this an even playing field, they decided everyone gets PDNA. Everyone gets, um, I guess, the smart DNA or gets all of it. Everyone gets the PDNA. So everyone has an equal and fair chance at life. Sounds great, right? That is until two generations later where they start noticing um, complications with the PDNA. People were dying earlier than, than like ever before from this new disease called the KISS. And how non-threatening is a disease called the KISS. I don't understand. Maybe maybe they'll explain it later, but I don't know why they call it the KISS. Ain't nobody kiss you to get this. This is not, um, what is that kissing disease? Uh, mono? I don't know, whatever that kissing disease is. I didn't catch it. 
because I ain't kissed nobody. But whatever that disease is, it ain't, this is not that. This is deadly. This is way more deadly. I think it is mono. I think mono is actually that. I don't know. Yup, mono. Mono's called the kissing disease. Mm-hmm. Sharing drinks, silverware, and all that good stuff. Mm, well, good stuff. That's, uh. Okay, so mono is rarely fatal. This kissing disease is extremely fatal. If you catch it, you're gone. And I think from what I from what I've seen, everybody catches it. Like everybody dies. No one dies of natural causes. There are no natural causes of death because they took that out of the DNA. Their only death is this terrible disease, the kiss. So that's 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 that. The synthetic DNA gave people abnormal abilities, which led to colored eyes and glowing eyes, which is a sign of genetic alteration, which is important why our main character now makes sure she has to hide her eyes because people are gonna know if your eyes are not glowing, you ain't got no powers, you got ODNA, you're extremely valuable, which is why everybody is after the main character because she has ODNA. We need you to live longer, so give me the stuff. And it's not taken from her blood. I thought it would be her blood, you know? Because in my mind, maybe you can get something from that. I don't know. But no, it's taken from their bone marrow. And that may explain why that little boy was so thin. I don't know. We'll keep reading to find out, but he looked sick. Uh, we learned that the Institute is in charge of everything including this the government like the government plays to the will of the institution which makes sense because people can live longer from what they're doing and with everyone having a death sentence they're a pretty powerful organization so as for her memory loss and why she knows nothing anthony thinks that they gave her a temporary blocker she hopes by finding out who she is and where she's from it'll help her survive Here's my thought. This main character has to be from a very distant past because she has knowledge of like some common day things like she knows what a door is. So what a building is, a bridge is. She isn't like too taken aback by everything going on around her, but she really doesn't have a lot of common knowledge on other things and I'm really confused. So then she asks the most important question that is burning in the back of all of our minds. Why are you, a person who can make a lot of money from me and live longer with what I have inside of me, why are you helping me? Anthony says that there is a group of people who have the mentality that the Institute is not gonna solve this problem. The Institute has been saying for years that they're close to coming up with a cure, but nothing has happened. So they decided their new goal is to find originals protect them and get them to this place called Eden. And apparently Eden is this um, safe haven for all originals, but nobody with PDNA knows where it is. They just know there is a place called Eden and we just gotta get you there. So Anthony brings in this friend named Jenna and Jenna's supposed to help them uh, take the main characters to Rapture, which is a club that someone there can help get them on the path to Eden. Anthony and Jenna have like a very cute brother-sister relationship, even though it's clear they're not siblings. I don't like Jenna, because she's too childish for me. Now, of course, she's 13, because apparently they, since you're not gonna live long, you don't really have much of a childhood. As soon as you're able, 
I think they, they started driving at 12. You start working about that age too, 12 or 13. So Jen is 13. So I think they started driving and everything at 12. So at 12, you become an adult. You ain't ready to be an adult at 12. But in this book, she an adult at 12. And I'm not a fan of her. I'm just not a fan of her. I do not like her. Because she calls the main character Patch after her dog. Because her, I think her dead dog? Her dead dog, I'm pretty sure the dog is dead. Her dead dog and uh, the main character both have brown hair. She's like, well, since we don't know your name, I'm just gonna call you Patch. You gonna call me after your dead dog? Nah, bye. I don't like her. I just don't like her. Mm -mm, I don't like her. So inside the club, Anthony has to go find the guy they're looking for. Um, after Jenna gets a disrespectful again to this main character, Jenna walks off and leaves her in this club where she knows nobody else and people will pay big money for her DNA. That's such a smart idea, Jenna. Such a smart idea. Stupid, just stupid. She's a kid, Skylar, she's a kid. I don't care, I just don't like her. Now, they said Jenna has been through some stuff in her life, but it's no reason for you to be a butthole. It's no reason on God's green earth for you to be a butthole. And then there's this man with lightning blue eyes who sees the main character and starts walking towards her. If I see you and you see me, that means you see my eyes. You have to see my eyes. That's not okay. She tries to like run away a little bit when he catches her. Cause she tries to walk away. She tries to like get away from him. But when he meets up with her, he forces her to look her in the eye as he has a death grip on her shoulder. This reminds me of very enemies to lovers type trope. Just the way they described him, it felt very Wattpad to me. I haven't read a Wattpad, but I'm on TikTok and they talk about Wattpad when I'm on BookTok. So it's just, it just seems on brand, you know? Since I had a Wattpad connection here and I do not, I will not call this girl Patch. I'm just gonna call her YN for right now. In true Wattpad fashion, I'm just gonna call her YN. That's how we're gonna do it. So, so YN looks into his eyes, he sees what she is, and she needs him in the nuts. I'm proud. Go for it, girl. So she tries to hide in the crowd, and somebody else noticed her eyes, but the guy with the blue eye, the lightning blue eye saves her, saying like, oh, she's tweaking on something. Uh, it's just drugs. She's fine. Don't worry about it. Enjoy the party. So once they're alone, we find out he's not going to hurt her. I guess he's a friend. Sure, he's a friend right now. So YN tells him that she's looking for Anthony. So the man takes her to Anthony and we find out that the guy's name is Colt. So Colt takes her to Anthony and Colt is a part of this group of people who want to get her to Eden, I guess. I'm gonna explain a little later. Let me let, let me keep going and then I'll explain. I promise I'll explain. Unfortunately, the man they came to see cannot directly help get a YN to Eden, but he gives them direction to a safe house that they can hang out at until they can get her to eat. Eden sounds vaguely familiar to YN, but she she doesn't remember much. So it just might trigger something she doesn't know. What's interesting is multiple people in this room are saying they cannot trust Colt. Why? We will find out, we will find out. 
So why end protests? Look, you guys have been really helpful. I don't want anybody to get in trouble. I can just give me the directions and I'll take myself there. I'll be fine. Which is probably the dumbest thing she's said so far. Actually, it is the dumbest thing she's said so far. Her dumb started to come out in here. She gets, she, she has her moments, but her dumb started to come out right here. Because she don't know where she's going. She don't know who she is or where she at. Why do you think it's a good idea for you to go by yourself? That don't make sense. Don't make dollars nor sense. So, you know, fix that. Colt finally agrees to take her. And Jenna, who's finally come back from her party, is like, okay, cool, I'll go too. The fact that Jenna is going on this adventure, I feel like the author's gonna want me to like her. I don't like her right now. I don't like her. I don't want her to go. I want her to sit down and party like the little 13 year old hot tail wanted to, so. Anthony and Colt are trying to find out where YN could possibly be from. They assume it was from a raid the Institute did last month, but according to Colt, they didn't find anybody there. Maybe somebody lied? I don't know. I don't know. When they get to the safe house, there's a picture of a man on the wall, an original named Howard O.P. Edmonds, a scientist that is trying to find a cure for the kiss. His initials are Hope. And for some reason, I feel that's gonna be significant. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. Whoa. Also, YN has a connection with this picture. Like she feels some kind of familiarity. We don't know why, but we'll find out later on. She goes to sleep and she decides to sleep in the room. Like I think his, the picture was in a, a library or a study. She wants to sleep in there because she has a connection with the picture. So as she's dreaming, she's starting to get pieces of her memory back because the memory blocker is starting to wear off. She has a painful realization and then she wakes up. She got all her memory back and she realized that the boy that she left behind was her brother. And it looks like she ain't going nowhere no time soon. Whoo, imagine that pain realizing you left behind your brother and you said, I'll come back from it. I don't know who he is, but you know, I wanna help this kid. That's your brother, your kid brother. Oh, poor baby. Oh, poor baby. Oh, my heart goes out to you. So her brother's name is Max and the man in the picture that she had the connection with, his real name is William Radke and he's her father. So she tells Colt all the information. Why she's so close to Colt right now, I don't know. When everybody said he can't trust him, I don't know. So Colt finds the information alarming and goes to tell Anthony. Anthony, uh, and we just said, this man is the guy that has saved countless lives and he's finding a cure for the kiss. But in the meantime, he has saved so many lives from people who are dying with this disease. So this man is a real big deal. But he is an enemy of the Institute because he is, I guess, the founder or the leader or something of, of Eden. Because remember the, the initials of Howard O.P. Edmonds? It spells hope. Hope is helping originals protect Eden. So he is help, working with the prime people who are a part of hope to get originals to Eden. I guess he's not over Eden, but he's like a big, he's a big deal in this community. He is a big deal. He's like a founder here. He's a big deal. He's an old man. Ain't nobody gonna get to, get to know old man age, but he's an old man. Well, like, I guess he may be like 50 maybe. But 
For them, that's old. People don't live past 30 over here. You bitty? But that's a good thing. We want you to be old. We want to get old, you know? With this information, we find out that not only are is the main character and her brother Max invaluable because they have ODNA, they are more invaluable because they are the children of um, Howard O.P. Edmonds, his code name, and he is the most wanted man by the Institute. So anybody who finds them and understands who they are, not only make big bucks because they have ODNA, but will also make big bucks because the Institute can use them to bring their father out of the dark, out of whatever hiding hole he's in. They got big dollar signs on their heads. They have huge dollar signs on their heads. So apparently why she don't know how the world worked she lived off the grid with her mother, father, and her brother. Apparently something happened with her mother. We're gonna talk about that a little later. And they were captured a month ago during the raid that Colt said they didn't find nobody at. I don't know if Colt lied to them or somebody lied to Colt, but that's what happened. And finally, finally, we get her name. Everybody, meet Sage. So when Jenna wakes up, Jenna finds out who Sage is. And she starts to get a little snarky at the mouth. Like, wow, you left your brother? Wow, that's really trash of you. Sage finally bucks up, understanding who she is, and slaps the mess out of Jenna. Jenna just holding her cheek. I'm just like, it's about time. Because she's been real mouthy. She's been real mouthy. She got quiet for a little bit. She's still a little sarcastic, but she got quiet for a little bit. So, Colt starts to ask about her childhood. And, um... We, she started reminiscing over things. She um, remembers she's from Maine and she lived on the coast with her family. And this is the part that kind of gets a little suspicious to me, okay? So she said her mom died when she was 12. Her mom died and was buried in a matter of hours without the kids even knowing she was sick, let alone dead. They were out somewhere doing what children do they came back and their father had said, your mom, something happened with your mom. It was an accident? Yeah. He said, your mom had a horrible accident. She died, I buried her. I've heard of fast funerals, but that's a matter of hours. I don't really trust that. I don't, we don't find out what happened in this book. We don't find out what happened, but maybe in book two, because I got to know what happened to mama. I gotta have, what happened to mama Racky? So Jenna, being the messiest person I've ever read in my life, tells Sage, but actually, you know what? You know what? Jenna's messy, but I'm thankful that she said it because nobody was going to say it. So I'm thankful for Jenna, even though I don't like Jenna, because she told Sage why she couldn't trust Colt. Because apparently, well, she calls Colt a knock. The reason that nobody trusts Colt is because Colt is the reason that Sage and her entire family are in this mess to begin with. What do you mean, Skylar? Oh, I will explain. I will explain. Actually, no, I won't. Read the book. Actually, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't tell you why. But just know Colt is the reason her family's in this giant mess. And I want to slap the mess out of Colt. I want to slap the I want to strangle Colt. But he's the reason. He's the reason. I was really gonna tell y'all, but I was like, you know what? Mm -mm. Read the book. Read the book so you can get just as mad as I did. 
Cause we gotta do something about Max. We gotta we gotta do something about Max. We can't just leave Max. That's what they did. They said, okay, we gotta figure out how to get Max out. So Jenna and Anthony go to, I guess, talk to the guy again about how to get Max out of there. Cause now they know who Max is and Sage is not leaving without Max. So they leave Colt and Sage together. In all fairness, Anthony don't know that Jenna just told on, told on Colt, but Jenna is just a petty child. I, I'm a fan of petty sometimes, but this is not the case. Oh, I don't like her. And I don't, Sage, I don't understand. I don't understand. She's, she's sad over the fact that her brother is, you know, caught up, but your feelings towards Colt, you're not mad? You haven't slapped him? At least, at bare minimum, you slapped Jennifer talking smack. Colt is the reason you got into this man. You ain't did nothing to him yet? I'm confused. Oh, there's no rage? There's no nothing? Nothing? We get nothing? Okay, all right. I, I believe this warrants more emotion from her and I didn't get what I was supposed to get. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. She's way too calm for me. She might try to pop off and kill him later though. I hope she pops off and tries to kill him later, at least a stab or something, you know? But suddenly, Colt hears something with his senses. He's enhanced, okay? He's enhanced. I'm gonna believe his senses. He and Sage have to start running right now because the institution found them and they are moving in quickly. But here's the thing, Colt and Sage are trying to escape, but Sage is very uh, understandably tired because she just went through a big ordeal. Her hands haven't even healed up yet. She don't have the, the endurance as everybody else with PDNA. So Colt's carrying her up these stairs and then they get to a rooftop and there is no adjoining bridge at this time. There's nowhere for them to hide this time. So Colt's like, you're gonna have to trust me. And she's like, okay. He said, no, seriously, whatever happens, do not let go. You have one job, one instruction. Don't let go. Don't let go. I don't know why this reminds me of Titanic and Rose like, don't let go, Jack. And then she ripped his hands off. He's not gonna rip your hands off on this. Rose is dirty. We'll talk about the Titanic another day, but she has one job, don't let go. She said, okay. Colt runs and jumps off the edge. Sage hears something start to rip. I'm thinking his skin is ripping off and he has like this bionic arm like Bucky and he's just using his hand to just like slow their descent down the, uh, down the wall or whatever. No, that's not what happened at all. I really thought this would happen. So that's not the case. She looks up to see this man has bat wings. I'm sorry. <laughs> when I found out, I just couldn't stop laughing. I was driving and I was yelling, this man's a freaking bat. This man is a freaking bat. <laughs> He's Batman. <laughs> He's Batman. He's Batman. So this man is a bat. Well, he has bat genes. Cause remember how I said that people were uh, using animal DNA and human DNA putting things together we're not supposed to be together. Yeah, this is how Colt has bat genes. And apparently he gets it from his mom's side. Extra information, there you go. Sage, like a dummy, pushes away cause she's scared of the doggone bat wings that are saving her life. Luckily, Colt swoops in and catches her and saves her behind from splatting on the ground. You had one job, don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let go, Jack. 
Don't let go, Sage. Don't let go, dummy. Oh my gosh. So now we know that why Jenna calls him a knock, I guess for nocturnal, but he's not nocturnal, but Jenna's just mean. We got that, Jenna's just mean. Also, we see that Colt has the kiss. Now, the kiss usually affects people who are like in their later 20s, but Colt's like, what, 19? And the reason it affects him worse at a younger age is because he doesn't have DNA that is with human to human genes. He has the animal adaptation, what makes his case a lot worse. I feel kind of bad for him. I still don't know why it's called a kiss because this man has seizures. I don't know why it's called a kiss, but he has seizures that knock him out. So Sage's brother is moved uh, from the Institute to this like event hall type lab place thing. Because there's a big fundraiser happening where the rich people are raising money for ODNA for poor dying people. How generous. Max will be at the event because the donors want to see the originals that they are paying for. Also, according to their intel, an average adult has the lifespan of about six months in the Institute, and that's even less time for a kid. So they have to get Max out now. We don't know how long Max is gonna live if we don't get him out today, right now, ahora, okay? So at first, they's like, Sage, you are not going. You are valuable. If they find you, they'll have you and Max, and then that'll be a bad day for everybody. But Sage insists on going because Max is different, and he's not gonna go with anybody else but her. But from what she um, describes, he sounds autistic. I don't know. But let's see what happens. They, let's see what happens. Let's just see. So it's up to Sage and Colt to get him out. That's the team. So the time has come to bust into the event of the year and get out with Max. Long story short, read the book for these details. Because I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And it's a lot. It's, it's a lot that happens in here. And I'm letting you know right now, these characters are mad terrifying looking. Some of them, you know, look very, very nice, you know? And then others look downright from the sewer. Downright from the sewer. And that's actually a little clue of something. But go read the book for these details. Long story short, good news, we get Max out. We got Max out. Bad news, because Sage is a dummy. Now she has a tracker on her behind and everybody, well, the team that's left, the team that's left, I said that, the team that's left, has to find a way to get from Boston to New York undetected. Because in New York, that's when they plan to help Sage and Max get to Eden. I have questions and rage that's burning inside of me. So let's talk about it, okay? Um, why is Sage so dumb? I understand Sage is 16 years old. I understand she's a kid. I understand that she's scared. When you're scared, you do dumb things. But she's another level of dumb because you're trained. You have such killer instincts on survival. Remember how you broke out the Institute? You broke out the Institute and you were so good. You were great. We loved it. And for some reason, you have turned dumb. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. And you know what's worse? You know what the worst part is? You can ask for help. And if anybody, Colt is going to help you because that man 
is down for whatever you're willing to do. He's like, no, don't do it. That's stupid. And then as soon as you run off, all right, I'm behind you. I got your back. Hi, everybody. Editor Modern here again. It's because Colt is a simp. You can ask him for anything. You can tell him I'm doing this with or without you. And I will probably say, all right, well, you're going to do it with me then. Why you got to go off and do dumb stuff by yourself? Huh. Okay. All right. However, I am happy because Colt is who originally was very cold hearted and just not emotionally available. He's showing more emotions. Um, he's having more empathy, like a healthy human being. And I say healthy human being because most of us humans have problems showing emotions and empathy for others. Um, not pointing fingers, not pointing fingers, but I'm just saying as a general consensus, sometimes we have a hard time showing our emotions and showing empathy for others. Now, somebody in this book says that Colt is simply doing his job as a member of Hope by making sure that Max and Sage safely make it to Eden despite whatever feelings are arising. Mm -hmm. Colt does not have a long time to live like Sage does. And whatever relationship you're trying to do, feelings trying to rise, it's only gonna lead to despair, which is really sad. It's really sad. Cause it, I love seeing Colt grow because of Sage. I don't think I can say, say, does Sage get any smarter because of Colt? I don't think so. But uh, Colt's growing and I think Sage is growing her own. Through a series of fortunate and unfortunate events, along with help from a very unlikely friend, they make it to New York. There we meet Howard O.P. Edmonds, better known as William Radke, better known as Sage and Max's dad. This is gonna be another rant. I'm getting upset, I'm getting upset. All right, we're gonna talk about Sage's dad. I'm not a fan of him either. I'm really not a fan of a lot of people in this book, but I'm in this book. I'm snatched in, you know? So when it's, so when we meet up with Sage's dad, Sage is not in a good place. She is on, uh, I wanna say her last leg, but she's, she's injured very badly and she needs her dad to save her. He does. And when she woke up, I guess she passed out. Or put this, I, think, I don't think she was put to sleep. I think she passed out from the pain. Uh, when she woke up, she hugs her dad. And it's a beautiful moment. Notice I said moment, you know, moment. Just one, just one, just one. Because one of the first things he says after she wakes up is, I'm so glad you remembered your training. Not I'm happy to see you. Not that I'm glad you're safe. Not an apology. I'm glad you remembered your training. Now Sage has mentioned that the training her father put her through was cruel and from what she talks about and how she describes it that's hard for any teenager to go through especially because you didn't tell her what it was for and what the world looked like that's kind of why when she got out and she didn't know how the world worked her dad never told her he just trained her on things he never told her she was going to be hunted you know he never told her that all these pdna people i'm teaching you about are going to try to kill you or kidnap you harm you never told you that but just here's all this training i'm not gonna tell you why though that's not really a good survival technique in my opinion but you know hey i'm not a parent but still no no 
All these feelings come up with Sage. She has the love of her father and like the, her happiness to see him again. Cause that's her dad, that's her dad. But also along with that is the anger she feels because of what he put her through and that he didn't tell her what the world they live in was really like. So she confronts him about her and Max being taken because apparently he didn't try to stop them. He didn't try to save his kids in the moment. He responds with, he's the only scientist in hope that is left to save humanity and fix the DNA. That, that's what he told his kids. Her dad knew where they were. Her dad knew the makeup of the building and he didn't attempt to get his kids out. They were in there for about a month. He didn't attempt to get their kids out. He didn't send a team. If you, okay, here's the thing. I just, can't with this. I just thought about this great point. You know you can't get your kids out because you are too valuable. Cool, you're valuable, fantastic, good job. You have a whole crew of people who will go to war for you and you won't let them go get your kids? Your children? Now listen here, I do not have the greatest relationship with my dad. We are not bad, but we also are not besties. If this man knew I was kidnapped, knew where I was, and knew how to get me out, he's coming for me. Period. I have no doubt in my mind. That man's coming for me. That man would die on the way to come get me. Not on the way, but he would at least try. He would at least try. He would at least send a team. If he couldn't do it, he gonna get somebody's uh, Black Seals, uh, Marines to come get me. He gonna find a way. Somebody gonna come get his baby. Somebody gonna come get me. But you didn't go get your kids? Lord have mercy. No, oh my gosh. And he really, he, he really hit them with the, you're trained, you know what to do. I'm a kid. She's 16 years old. She's a kid. And Max, he gotta be around 10. Ah, my brain. Okay. If we're not done. Whoo, we're not done with the dog on daddy. So Sage comes back with, you're just like the primes. Only worry about surviving and self-preservation. And the worst part of that is he didn't even deny it. He just said, that's not fair. It is fair because you have no humanity. You have no empathy for your daughter. Just your kid. I can't get over that, man. That is your kid. Sage's so like, you know what, whatever. She gives him these, uh, these vials that she snatched while they were getting Max out. This irritated me so bad because here's what her dad said. He said, I snuck into the labs a few times for these but I never got them. Are you telling me you snuck into the lab for some bottles, for some vials, but you didn't try what? You did a few times, a few times. You got in a few times, multiple times, but you didn't try once to get to the institute for your children? The door, sir, the door, exult, exult, stage left. I can't, I'm through. That man sickens me, I'm so mad. Cause all I see is toxicity, all I see is toxicity. So after this this little spat, Sage's dad has the chance to choose. Let me sit back, let me sit back. Cause I gotta, whew, I gotta calm down. Oh Lord have mercy, okay. So after this little mm, conversation, okay. Sage's dad has the opportunity to choose either to comfort his newly found daughter who almost died or go try to like save the world and work on this DNA. Guess what he picked? You already know her daddy walked off. You already know her daddy walked off. I'm upset. I'm mad. I'm upset. Oh my Lord and Savior, I'm so upset. 
So dad even decide, this dad, I can't call him my dad because my daddy would never. We don't have the great relationship, but my father, my father would never, would never. Oh my gosh, that man would try to, you know, sit down and talk about something, you know? Even if it didn't matter, the man would try. Oh my gosh. Her dad even said that he's gonna send the kids off to Eden without him. And once his work is done, he's gonna follow them. You've been working on this stuff for years. You're not done. You probably will never be done because he's so close. Ooh, Lord have mercy. So Sage is supposed to be blissfully happy and ignore her feelings of abandonment from her father. Ooh, this man's just so toxic. I don't like it. Because not only are you a scientist, sir, but you're a father, a single father. But you have the audacity, the nerve, to tell your children, I've taught you everything that I know. There's nothing else I can do for you. Your children are 16 and the baby is like at least 10. At what age do you stop meeting your parents? Cause I haven't figured that out yet. You know, is it, I taught you everything. There's nothing else I have for you. You can go ahead and live your life. I understand independence. I understand that, but you're going to always need your parents. You know, they're kind of your parents. At what grown age do people stop needing their parents? Cause it's sure as shoot ain't 16. Oh, ha. I'm so upset. Okay, here's 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 a little bit of a side note because we see I am very mad at at Sage's dad. Sage is also very mad at her dad, and she goes through the emotions of being mad at her dad. Here's the part that makes me upset. She's not mad at Colt for getting her in the situation to begin with. Like if she showed a little more anger towards Colt, I would be I would understand because even if she was mad at Colt. Colt has gone above and beyond to rectify the situation. Her dad has done nothing. Maybe because she's known her dad longer, she's been dealing with it longer and this is all boiling up and she's just so mad. But you, Colt deserved a little bit of your anger and he got none of it. He deserved more anger. But seriously, man, Colt would have made it up because Colt is willing to die for Sage. He is literally willing to die for Sage. And she's not let, she's not willing to let this man die and I really, really did not want to ship this couple. And I'm so upset because I actually do. I like them, but I know it's not supposed to work. It it's not supposed to work because he's, he, she's supposed to live a long time. He's not supposed to live a long time. This is just a setup for disaster, but I, what's gonna happen? Because I'm confused. I'm confused. Why would you give me a romance that is not gonna last forever and forever? You know, when this book ends, on a cliffhanger, as uh, series books do. I want you to cry, I'm not gonna lie. Um, my eyes leaked just a little bit. Huh, and I hated it. I hated it, I cried, but my goodness, it was good. It was so good. And it was a perfect setup for book two. I'm very excited because they set it up perfectly for book two. Good job. So as the book ends, I have two big questions. One, is Colt going to live two? Are, is him and Sage gonna be together? Because I, I have to know, I have to know. So that's kind of like two questions, but I have one more and it's probably the biggest question I have. What on earth did Sage's dad do to Max? I'm not gonna tell you what happened to Max. Go read the book. That's the end of our book. That's the end of our episode. That's the end of the book. I'm not the episode yet, but yeah, that's a really hard, That I left y'all on the cliffhanger too, huh? You know, I got inspiration. I got inspiration. So why do I recommend this book? Um, I have read a lot of dystopian books. Like I said, it's my favorite genre or subgenre, I guess. But this is the first one I've read about alternating DNA. And I would believe it. I would believe um, 
humans, especially Americans, would do something as crazy as like, you know what? I'm bored. Let's mess some stuff up and then we're going to fix our own problems and cause our own demise. It just makes sense. It makes sense to me that this will actually be a thing that happened. If you like teen romances, get this book because I'm really about sick of staging cult, but in a good way. Because a part of me is like, ill. But another part of me is like, oh, that's so cute. And I don't, ooh, ooh. Mm, okay. But overall, this is actually a really uh, fun book. There's a lot of action and adventures. There's a dash of romance. And then an authoritarian organization that's pure evil. So, you know, what's not to love? My favorite part about this story that it will pull you in from the jump, from the first chapter, I was already snatched. I didn't have to work hard to like stay in this book. It was a smooth ride, even though I had to pause it and scream a couple times because you know, these characters, as we see, make me very passionate. And I was, I was very into the book. Like why on earth is that the decision you made? This author, Miss, Miss Rachel McClellan, McClellan, I hope I said that right. Uh, you know how to make, you know how to make characters that I get mad at. And I, I think I'm kind of a fan of it, but I also don't like it. So I'll be back though, I'll be back. Um, because as we can see, when I started this, I did not like Jenna and I thought Sage was stupid. Now I have a respect for Jenna and a tolerance for Sage. I hope to see how she grows in the second book. But overall, my favorite character was Anthony. Anthony is the consistent man we need in our lives. I love him. I never had a bad moment with Anthony. I've loved Anthony through it all. I love him. There's nothing that makes me hate him. I think almost every other character has him that makes me go like, mm. but Anthony, I love him. I just love him. He's the most human prime. He's the most human. He's, he's just very aware. He's very aware of things that I really like. Although he did dirty, although he did wrong. Colt is my favorite character growth. He really did a big number and really grew and I was very proud of him. My least favorite part. I think I made it pretty clear. <laughs> Sage is stupid. Sage is dumb. I did not like the dumb decisions that she made that she didn't have to make. Of course, Jenna got on my last nerve and at the end of the book, I got a respect for her, but Nobody compares to the disdain I have for Sage. Strike that. Sage's father, I really didn't like him. But Sage still made a lot of dumb decisions I didn't like. And it just, uh, and it was so many. It was so much. And I was just, uh, uh, to be so smart, she was so dumb. And I just hated it. I hated it so much. Uh, also, 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 please, whoever makes movies out there, do not make this book into a movie because these characters are so scary looking. I'm going to have nightmares. I thought about them again. Ah, they're scary. Please don't make them to a movie. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Moral of the story. There's a great beauty in being you. Don't discount who you are. Everyone has their own story and it's important that we know each other so we can see each other as individuals. Trying to be perfect brings apathy and don't just survive, live. And that is the end of our episode today. I'm very excited for the next book. Um, it should be just as action-packed as this one. They really left us on a mighty cliffhanger. And uh, that's the beauty of series books, you know? Leave you on a cliffhanger, leave you wanting more. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And remember, 
on your own story, read to expand your mind, and I'll see you next time. Bye!